let him minister the word of the Lord to us tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We all... There's a book I read. I've talked a little bit about this to a couple of people about some of the things I'm going to do, but uh, over the course of it, God just got me thinking. When I, From the moment I read something, it, it really just made me ask myself a question, and then, and then this kind of came out of it. Uh, I'll explain more as I go, but if you have your Bible, just turn to book of Acts, chapter number 11. And we're going to hop on over and read the book of Luke afterwards. Acts chapter number 11, verse number 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Gennes and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And the tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. They sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. Much people were added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Luke chapter number 10. Somebody say Christians. Christians. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. A certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What's written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and love, and thy neighbor as themself, as thyself. He said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Touch today, God. Touch this word of God tonight, God. Touch Jacob, Lord, as he ministers the word to us, God. In your precious name, God, I ask that you would touch him, God. Bless him. Bless him in a great and mighty way, God. Ask you to move upon him, God. Help him to open our ears, our hearts, our spirits, God. Each and every one in this place today, God. Just help us, God, right now. Precious name, Jesus name, Jesus name. Well, you may be seated. Um, feels kind of appropriate that he uh, just decided to talk a little bit about the idea of stretching yourself and reading and all this before I got up because this message came from that. Uh, when I downloaded the app he was talking about, started listening to some audiobooks, there had been a book that I wanted to listen to sometime. I actually owned a physical copy of it. I just hadn't read it. 
Well, when I got this audiobook, I started listening to it. It's a book by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity. And in the first uh, couple pages of the book, in his introduction, before he even actually officially starts it, he says, he says, the idea of what we call a Christian is not quite what we're saying. Uh, he said, uh, the word Christian is becoming less and less useful as a word. It's not what it was originally meant to mean. Yeah. He said, uh, people were starting to use the word Christian to mean good. They used the word Christian to mean, I like this guy. He's a good, he is a good Christian. He's a, he's, a, he's a Christian. He's a, he's a Christian. If they're bad people, they're not Christians. He said, that's not really true. He said, you can be a good Christian, you can be a bad Christian. If you're bad, that doesn't make you not a Christian. He said, by its nature, the word Christian really should mean, and I quote here, one who accepts the common doctrines of Christianity. This, and what, this bothered me when I read it. I was like, is a Christian not someone who follows the doctrines of Christianity? Is a Christian not someone who doesn't kill, doesn't steal? Is a Christian not all these things? Is a Christian not someone who's followed the plan of salvation? According to this, no. It's simply someone who believes that you should do those things. Which may sound a little bit complicated, but this is also followed up in the dictionary. The dictionary says that a Christian is one who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ. A Christian who's someone who says, yeah, Jesus was right. Not necessarily someone who does what Jesus said. And this is important because we live in America. 75% of America is Christian. 75% of Americans call themselves Christian. But only 4% accept the title born again. Which we talked about just last week is a very important thing in the life of a Christian. That we should be born again. And also inconsistent with this idea that we're Christians. 92% um, of people think that the most commonly, commonly told lie is okay. And that is, I'm fine. The second most common lie is, I love this present. Yeah. And 80% of people think that one's okay to tell. And the next most common lie is, I'm sick. And 78% of people think that one's okay. All of those numbers are higher than the amount of Christians in America. So that means Christians are okay with lying. Let's go with another one. 41% of people that will... Uh, 70, in 41% of marriages, some sort of adultery is going to take place, whether it is physical or emotional. And 41 means that at least about 5% of those Christians are going to 
commit some form of adultery. In fact, 60% of men will, and 40% of women will. And those include Christians. Next one, let's talk about this. 90% of Americans are going to have sex before marriage or already have. Come on. All of those things, these are Christians doing it. And actually, here's one more. 60% of people said that forgiveness depended on how the person would act. Come on. And these are people who call themselves Christians. So... Something must mean that if you're going to be a Christian, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to follow the Bible. Except for one important thing. Jesus required you to follow His commandments if you were going to be making it into the kingdom of God. That obviously must mean you need to be something more than just a Christian to make it into heaven. That's right. When C.S. Lewis wrote his book, he said, I'm going to write about mere Christianity. I'm not going to get into some specific denomination of Christianity. I'm not going to talk about Catholics. I'm not going to talk about Baptists. I'm just going to talk about Christians. He said, I'm just talking about mere Christianity. I'm just talking about what the majority of Christians believe is required. I'm going to talk about just straight up what I think the word says. And I'm not going to talk about anything more. I'm going to tell you how to believe in a God. I'm going to tell you how prayer works. I'm going to tell you this and that. But I'm not going to tell you anything specific. I'm just talking about mere Christianity. And if you're in a church tonight, something tells me that if someone asked you if you were a Christian, you would say yes. But are you living up to what Jesus said was required to get into heaven? Let's think about where that term Christian came from. Where did we just read it? We just read it in the book of Acts chapter 11. It says that they were first called Christians in Antioch. Who labeled them Christians? The people of Antioch. The world labeled them Christians. Some people even say that it was definitely a derogatory term. It was something bad to be called a Christian. It was some negative perception of the world labeled them as Christians. You don't, your definition of who you are, your definition, uh, the idea, I'm a Christian. Oh, so you're what the world thinks is a Christian. Well, you're what the world thinks of followers of Jesus. You are living up to the world's standard of what a Christian should be if you are living up to only the standard of being a Christian because the world is the one who created the term Christian. The world is the one who created the term Christian. We're not looking for what the world wants. We're looking for what Jesus wants. What did Jesus say that he wanted? You see, the word was originally created when a bunch of people who liked to preach about Jesus showed up in a city in Antioch. And they made that label. It's a label from the world. It was not God's label. The world does not get us to heaven. God does. So what does God say that a Christian is? No, no, no. Let's not say what does God say a Christian is. Because we don't want to be just Christians. What does God say that it means to be like him? I'm going to talk about something more than mere Christianity. That's my title if you're looking for something more than mere Christianity. Our opening verse told us, our opening verse in uh, in Luke 10, 25 through 28, Jesus talked about, Jesus talked about the key, about the commandments. You see, in a different book of the Bible, he called it the greatest commandment in Mark 12, 28. 
In Mark 12, 28, someone else asked him a question. And he said, and he said uh, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, Jesus said, to love the Lord thy God. Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and there is no other commandment greater than these. Amen. The key to salvation can therefore be summed up in just four words. Jesus said, first up, hear a wish of the Lord our God is one Lord. Love the Lord thy God. So first of all, let's love God. Amen, that's right. And then, and then he said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Love people. Love God and love people. If you will do those four words, that's all you need to make sure that you are living Jesus' definition of what it means to make it to heaven. Amen. That's what it takes to make it to heaven. Love God, love people. Love God and love people. We have cheapened the meaning of love. So it, yeah. we might just question, what does it really mean to love God? What does it really mean to love people? What does that look like? What does it look like? So I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk tonight about what these things really mean. What does it mean to love God? Well, one of the easiest ways is to figure out where did Jesus come up with these things? Come on. They were direct quotes. Direct quotes of two different books of the Bible. They were direct quotes of the law. Of the Old Testament law. Of what the Jews thought was very important. And the first one he listed is agreed by every single Jew alive today and alive back then. It is called, uh, in, it is called in the Hebrew Bible, they call it the Shema. Because that is the first word. It is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 10, I believe. 6, 4 through 10, I believe. Yes. 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. These words which I command thee th th this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hands. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. That's a lot to take in. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to explain it. It's very important. This is the key to being what Jesus said. This is the key to loving God if we will do these things in this commandment. Jesus said it was the most important. Every, everyone who first heard the law agreed that this was the most important key phrase to sum up with what the law meant. Come on, try it. Yeah. First up, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is one God. Yes. There is no one else that deserves more worship than our God. Yes. There is just one God. He's, and Jesus, Jesus was not contradicting this when he showed up. He said that he he said, I and my father are one. Yes. Amen. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. These things is key. This is important. He deserves all of our worship, all of our praise. He is God, and there is no one else that is God above Him. Amen. Amen. Verse 5 says, 
love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. We need to give him all of our worship. He, no one deserves more worship right. than our God. All that we have should worship Him. Everything about us should worship Him. Everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we say, every way that we live our life, everything we spend our money on, everything we do, give it all to God. Amen. Next up, we need to give Him... The, the Word is vital because He said, These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. These words is literally the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be in our hearts. Yes, amen. He, he said that we... we Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The, the word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Yes. First verses of the first book of praise in the Bible talks about Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor walketh in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We need to put the word inside yes, of our heart. Amen. We need to follow him. The word is the way that we need to live. Amen. Yes, amen. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. We need to be teaching the word of God. Yes, amen. amen. The word is meant to be shared. Make this thing yes, continue. Amen. It has to continue. It cannot stop with you. This word needs yes, to be amen. our very identity. Bethany was talking about she was in a class and, and the teacher said that I, if you are a true Christian, you are not going to force it on somebody. He said, no, that's the exact opposite. Anyone who believes that they've got the way to heaven and, the, and, and, they, and their religion is about loving people is going to share their religion because they don't want someone else not to go to heaven. We have got to share this thing. This thing is meant to be shared. It's meant to be passed on. One of the one of the first key commandments is that we need to teach it diligently. Amen. And more specifically to no one more so than the people you love most. It says your children, but also if you are a child and your parents are not saved, teach it diligently to your parents. Amen. Amen. Teach it diligently to your brothers. Teach it diligently to your cousins. Teach it diligently to your friends. Teach it the word of God. Talk about it. Make it a key part of your identity, which is the next thing that is said. It shall be as bind them for a sign upon thy hand. They shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. That means they literally wore it on their heads. They literally had it tied to their hands so that they could continually have it. It was on them at all times. It is the way that we live. It is our identity. We need to make the word our identity. Come on, yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. It needs to be our very identity. Write them upon the post of thy house. Write it on your gates. Everything about where you live. Everything about how you live. Every, it, it should be something visible in the way that you look. We need to look different from everyone else. Yes, just in the way that we dress. In the way that we act. In the way that we live. It, we need to be visibly different. Amen. That's right. And it starts telling you how to do it. If you'll keep on going, verses 10 through 19 starts telling them that the God, when you get into this land, 
when you're going to go in the land that he's promised you. You're going to go in there. And we we're gonna and you're not even gonna have to take care of it. And then it's going to become easy once you get in there. I'm gonna start taking care of you. You're gonna I'm gonna take care of you. And things are gonna become easier. But don't forget who you are. Stick with who you are because this is who you are. These commandments that I've given you is who you are. Don't forget about me. That's right. Amen. You're going to go in a place where you have wells you didn't dig, where you have vineyards and gardens that you didn't plant. You're going to go in houses you didn't build. But fear the Lord and serve Him. Swear by His name. You will not go after the gods of the other people around you. There's a lot of people nowadays who just go for whatever everyone else around them is doing. We can't do that. Our identity is different. Fear the Lord. Serve Him. Don't go after the other gods. The Lord your God is a jealous God unless the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy you. You are different. You are different. You are different. If you have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you have been saved, you are different and cannot do what everyone else does. It's no longer okay. Diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His testimonies and His statutes which He's commanded you. Thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Cast out thy enemies from before thee as the Lord has spoken. He is going to cast out your enemies from before you. He will take care of you if you'll stick with it. Amen. That's good. But the next thing is very important. When your son asks you in time come, what mean these testimonies and the statutes and the judgments? Say unto him, you see, we were taken out of bondage. Amen. He brought us out of Egypt. The Lord showed us signs, wonders, and great things. He brought us out from there that we might give us a land that he sweared to our fathers. The Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord that he might preserve us alive. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he's commanded us. Your testimony is a key. Yes, it is. Never forget where you came from. Never forget Amen. what God's done for you. Never forget what you used to be, what you could have been, how you could have simply been some, just another average yeah. random sinner on the street. You could have been just another person addicted to drugs. You could have just been a, another person going from this relationship to the next one to the next one. But God gave you a promise that you could be something more if you will just follow him and stick with him then you can have a testimony that you can share. And I can say, I used to be in bondage. I used to be tied to sin. I used to live like the rest of the world. But I'm not anymore. I love my God. Amen. Amen. Yes. You Good. see, but there's an important thing we need to realize. You, some people get so wrapped up in loving God that they forget the next commandment. Come on. You see, God said in 1 John 4 and 20, how can you say you love God if you've not, and you've not seen him if you don't even love your brother who you've seen? Amen. It literally means you cannot love God if you don't love people. You do not love God. You are lying. Yes, amen. If you don't love other people, you are lying. That's right, amen. You don't love God if you don't love people. Loving people is the proof that you love God. Amen. If you worship like crazy, but you have nothing good to say about anyone else, you do not love God. Amen. If you, if you preach one God harder than anyone else, but you don't love a single one person, you don't love God. You're a liar. Amen. 
You do each and every one of these things. If holiness is a deep part of your identity, but you are one of the most hateful people on the earth, you do not have holiness a single bit. You are just a well-dressed jerk. Amen. See, Jesus was quoting Leviticus 19 when he gave the second commandment. That's good. Come on. Leviticus chapter 19. My Bible listed as miscellaneous laws. But if you look at it, there is a pattern. It is the blueprint for how to love people. Leviticus 19 and 18 says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the people, uh, against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am thy God. All, so that's the 18th verse, verse of Leviticus 19. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus is pretty good with quoting his word. Straight up. That's exactly what it says. But there's a lot more to this. But the thing is, from the youngest of ages, Jesus' audience had been learning this. They knew the entire chapter. They knew the entire book a good chunk of them. Could quote this like the back of their hand. In fact, it was in the back of their hand for quite a few of them. But he went through the list. Let's go through this chapter. Let's talk about what it is. Jesus quoted Leviticus 19 in context. It shows what love for people looks like. Leviticus 19.18 is talking about don't avenge. Don't hold a grudge. Forgive people. Don't stay angry. Treat others as you would like to be treated. It's kind of a broad thing here though. Treat others the way you want to be treated. In what areas? Am I supposed to give everything I have to these people? I'd love it if someone would just drop a million dollars in my lap. Am I supposed to try to do that? Maybe. But let's go through the specifics. Let's go into detail because this goes into detail. Verses 9 and 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, you should not reap the corners of your field. Don't gather the gleanings of the harvest. Thou shalt not glean thy vineyard. Don't gather every grape of your vineyard. Leave some for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Take care of people who need stuff. If someone's in need, give. If someone needs something, take care of them as you can. Leave a little bit extra of what you make. Leave a little bit extra. Leave a little bit extra to be able to take care of someone if they're in need. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to budget my money. I'm trying to take care of it better. And there's this thing in there that they recommend you have an emergency fund. They recommend you have an emergency fund. But who gets your emergency fund? Is it just you? Or have you put up emergencies for other people? Are you prepared to take care of someone else if they need it? Now, I'm not saying you have to take care of every single person on the side of the street. You don't have to do that. But if you can, do it. Amen. That is how to love people. Take care of other people in need. And, but be generous is what it's saying. Be generous. If you can give, give. That's right. Amen. If you are... You're not loving people, which means you don't love God. Come on. Verses 11 and 12. Don't steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie to one another. You don't swear by my name falsely, neither shall you profane the name of the Lord. I am the Lord thy God. 
You see, that, that next verse there seems to be talking about God if you view it in isolation. Don't swear by my name falsely. Don't profane the name of the Lord thy God. But if you are deciding to label yourself as a child of God and you are using dishonest words, you are swearing by his name falsely because your name is God's name. If you are, When you get God inside your spirit, everything you say you're going to do, God's name is attached to that promise. Don't profane the name of the Lord by saying you're going to do something and then cheating someone out of it. Amen. Don't lie to people. Don't steal to people. Don't have God's name attached to dishonesty. Amen. Dishonesty is not showing love to people. I think that you're so irrelevant that my words don't even matter if they're directed to you. That is lying. That is cheating. That is everything in that area. Love. God love people. If you are dishonest, you don't love God. If you're dishonest, you don't love people. Verse 13. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him the wages of him that is hired, shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. If you promise someone you're going to take care of him, someone does something for you, don't leave them without any reward. Amen. Don't don't avoid rewarding them. If someone's if someone's done something for you, don't cheat them out of something. Don't don't half half acknowledge them. Don't don't do that. Come on. Most of these are in the negative. Most of these things are going to be labeled in the negative. A lot of them are don't do this. Don't do that. But by that nature it means continue in the area of generosity. Continue in this be nice to people. Take care of people. Yes, amen. Don't cheat them out of stuff. Verse 14 says, Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear the Lord thy God. I am the Lord. Don't hurt people with no defense. If people, if people can't defend themselves, do not hurt them. People can't defend themselves. Do not hurt them. Don't mess up someone just because what are they going to do about it? Come on. What are they going to do about it? It's irrelevant. Don't matter. Just because they can't prove it doesn't mean you didn't do it. It also doesn't mean that no one knows you did it because someone definitely knows. God knows every time that you do something. Nothing that we're going to do is going to go unpunished. Amen. Nothing you're going to do is going to go unpunished because God is keeping track. God knows everything that you've done. Do not curse the blind. Don't attack someone that can't see who's doing it. Don't attack someone that can't see who's doing it. Don't talk bad about someone who doesn't know better. We have these people coming to church and they're fresh, they're new. They're still a little bit blind to the ways of God. And you decide to go say, look what they are doing. They are not saved. They are not saved. They're not doing right. You know, that's how we lose so many people. People who goes in and says, oh, look at that. And then you end up trying to do something. You're like, I'm helping them. I'm going to tell them what they're doing wrong. You've just put a stumbling block in front of a blind man. 
Or on the other hand, when they're not around, you start talking, talking bad about them. Cursing the deaf. Don't do that. If you're doing that, you are showing that you absolutely do not love people. And by, and by extension, you do not love God. Don't do that. Just change. Just change. Verse 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt not in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So, first of all, don't talk about people behind their backs. Amen. I'm still in verse 16. I skipped verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among the people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. It's still a continuation, basically, of what I just said. But don't talk about people. I don't care if it's true. I don't care if it's false. Don't talk about people. Don't go around talking about people. That in spreading the rumors and telling everything on them. Don't be gossiping. Amen. Straight up, just don't be gossiping. Don't be sharing the tale of every single person around here. There's no re- if there's no reason for you to know it, don't share it. If there is a reason for you to know it, don't share it. <laughs> there's no reason. Somebody does not have to know. It doesn't have to be shared. Amen. And if they do have to know, does it have to be you that tells them? Amen. Think about what you're saying. Think about every single word that you say. Every idle word will be held accountable for God. Verse 17, once again, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt not in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Don't accuse First of all, we talked about when they can't defend themselves. Don't talk about someone if they can't defend themselves. Don't just share rumors about people. And then finally, don't rebuke people. That means don't tell them to their face. In no way are you their judge. Are you the one that's supposed to worry about them? You are not supposed to be the one that's worried about this person. Don't just go on some railing rebuke against somebody just because they've done something. What they've done may have been terrible, but you've been told not to. You're supposed to be like God. Who you have been this awful, awful person. You have been living with sin your entire life. You have been forgiven, so forgive. Don't go railing against them. Don't go telling them everything that's wrong. And, and you are never more like Satan than when you become the accuser of the brethren. That's right. Amen. When we, and hatred is just wrong, hatred is literally unloving. That's right. It's literally unloving. And the whole point of this command was love people. Amen. Love people. And then we finally get to verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Would you like if any of these things have been done to you? Would you like to be cheated? Would you like to be robbed of? Would you like people to not give to you if you need it? Would you like people to go talking about you? Would you like people to just rebuke you to your face? Would you like any of these things? Would you like someone to hold a grudge against you? Would you like these things? If not, don't do them. Amen. And if you would, you need to get in the presence of God for a good session of prayer.
everyone likes to justify their case. When you get told thou shalt not avenge, don't, I don't care if they did it to you. I don't care if they've wronged you. God said, don't avenge. I don't care if they didn't do it to you. They did it to someone that you love. I don't care if it was your daughter, your son, your brother, your sister, your mother. You're not supposed to go in there like, what did you just say? What did you just say? Oh boy, I'm going to get you so bad. I'm going to run your name across town. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to drag your name through the mud. I'm going to do everything I can to destroy you now that you've done this. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against. Forgive, forgive, forgive. He just said, don't do it and do forgive. He didn't give conditions. He didn't give rules. He didn't say if they killed someone, he didn't care. He didn't say anything about what they did. It doesn't matter what they did. Just forgive. But everyone likes to justify their case. We all have somebody who we've thought about as I've gone through this. And you're probably thinking, not them, right? Now, I'm not saying everyone, but I'm saying most of you. Very probably some of you, if not most of you. You're thinking, not him, or not her, not that person, right? Because that's what the man who, asked Je- who said to Jesus, when he, Jesus said, well, what do you think? What do you think's the key to heaven? What does the Bible say? When you say, when you asked me, what do I have to do to get into heaven? What do you figure I'm probably going to say to you? And the man replied with, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, strength, mind, heart. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Those things are very, very important. Those are the things I figure you're going to say to me. God, but we've always got a defense. And he, willing to justify himself, said, who is my neighbor? I don't have to love that particular guy, right? I don't have to treat him in this particular way that you're listing out. Even the man said, who is my neighbor? Who do you figure? The question Echoes today because everyone's always like, not that guy, right? Not those people. Well, Jesus said, let me tell you a story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him. They beat him up and they took his clothes and they just left. They left him half dead. And then a man walked down the street. A certain priest went by. And he saw him, and then he passed on the other side. A Levite came by when he's at the place and looked at him and passed him on by. Then a Samaritan came through. A Samaritan. And in context, these are dirty, rotten scoundrels in the eyes of every single Jew at that point in time. They are the people that we do not have to like. They are the people that they we're just going to ignore them all we want, and they are just our 
inbred half-brothers, whatever they are. They're, they're, they're related to us, but we don't like them. I don't have to like them. And he, the Samaritan comes up, saw him, had compassion on him, bound up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, and set him on his own feast, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two, two pence and gave them to the host and said, Take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three was the neighbor to this man that fell among the thieves? And he said, the one that showed mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. So the question that echoed uh, echoes along with Jesus' legendary response. Love everyone. I'm going to go ahead and get music. Love everyone. Even if you've been trained to hate them. And we have been trained to hate people. We've been trained to dislike people. No more so is that ever evident in America, it would seem, than down here in the South. When it seems about every other person has no problem talking bad about certain people. Whether those people be the idiots across the street that wronged your daddy 15 years ago, or be those people that look a little different than you. You see, God said love everyone. And that includes black people. Yes. That includes white people. That includes Mexicans. That includes the Indians, both both kinds. Amen. That includes poor people, and that includes rich people. Amen. I don't care if they own the company that fired your daddy. You still have to like them. That includes pretty people. I don't care if they look better than you and you wish that you could look like them in your mind. You think, oh man, I hate them just because they look better than me. That includes ugly people who you don't like because, ugh, why are they talking to me? That includes your family. Every member of them. Even the one that made a mistake 20 years ago. Love them. Your whole family. Love them. That includes your ex-wife, your dad's ex-wife, your mama's ex-husband, and your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. No matter what the circumstances behind the breakup may have been. That includes your friends and also your enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that use you. That includes your boss. I don't care how bad of a mood you're in and how much of a tirade he went on the last time that you showed up late. Or how much of a tirade he went on when your co-worker showed up late to you. Accusing you for something you didn't even do. I don't care. He doesn't care is what matters. That includes your president whether you voted for him or not. Love him and pray for him. That includes criminals, even the ones that might have done something to you. That includes rapists, even if you're the victim. 
That includes murderers, even if you know the victim. That includes Muslims. That includes Hindus. That includes Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't care if they're knocking your door at four in the morning. You're supposed to love them. That includes jerks. Every single one of them. Even if the jerk is you. That includes liars. No matter what lie they told you. That includes your literal neighbor. I don't care if their dog poops in your yard. I don't care if they look at you funny every morning. I don't care what they've done. We're supposed to love them. We're supposed to love everyone. And while we're at the list of everyone we're supposed to love, love God. I don't care what type of life you've had, how much you think I must, I don't, I can't possibly love a God who is willing to let my life go the way that it did. Love God and love people. Let's pray. Let's find a place and let's pray that God can help us to show love.